Uh, I wish I had uh, a better Monday for you. It's not. Not going to get better. Maybe therapeutically it'll be better, but for the most part, yeah, it kind of sucked, for lack of a better term. By the way, we're going to welcome in a new group, a new listening audience, if you will, coming up here momentarily, so stay tuned for that. Um, Yesterday was a failure. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, you can, you know, kind of polish it any way you want. You can look at certain positives, but... Really not a lot to write home about. Aaron Rodgers yesterday, not good. He had a few missed throws. Uh, Christian Watson, obviously, uh, the big drop to start things off. The offensive line was um, not good. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it just – things yesterday – I I was sitting last night after we – we got off the Green and Gold postgame show, and we were in Minneapolis, and um, I was sitting – downstairs we did the show from the ewing hotel if you're just tuning us in and you didn't watch last night or didn't listen um we did the show from the ewing hotel and it was a lot of it was a mix of packers fans and vikings fans and such and as i'm tearing the equipment down and going out into the main lobby area there's a bar there and i was talking to a couple of people before i went up to my room and the one thing that kept coming up from both vikings fans and and packers fans was the packers just didn't match the energy they just didn't match the energy. I mean, it's, again, it's an opening weekend. And how do you know? You know, Aaron Rodgers said, we're paid professionals. How do you not match the energy? You know, the adrenaline rush coming out of the tunnel, guys jumping up and down, waving their arms. That was that was your adrenaline rush. And it was like they just gave it all away in that moment of being introduced as the Green Bay Packers. And then they come running out onto the field. And that was it. And, you know, and then YE66 says, well, week one, preseason week four, and players and coaches and coordinators and such. Uh, look, it, that, that's, that's, that's crap. I said this year coming into the season, I don't care about the regular season. It's about getting to the postseason. This team last year laid a massive egg, came back, and then obviously had the best record in the NFC. So I'm not in panic mode by any stretch of the imagination. I just, I wonder what goes through Matt LaFleur's head. I wonder what goes through Aaron Rodgers' head when they continually make excuses as why not to do things. And then when they fall short, they keep saying, well, we got to be better. Well, you just made all the excuses why you're not going to get better. You think you're good. You're not good. But you continually make excuses as to why you're not going to be better. You know, well, you know, nobody needs any any reps. I, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I don't like joint practices. I don't like playing in preseason. I don't like. I don't like. I, I, I don't need to be there. Let Cobby coach him. Cobby did a hell of a job coaching him up, didn't he? All the excuses not to do something. That. That to me, kind of, I, I wrote a lot of this stuff down throughout the preseason i thought you know what i'm not gonna jump on this because let's just wait and see you know but all of the excuses why not to do something and you came out and got your ass handed to you now part of character is how do you respond you know it's not how you fall down in life it's how you get back up so now we'll wait and see so like i said i'm not panicking but there was nothing really that good about yesterday i, I will say this too and i i'm I, I love Mason Crosby. You know that. 
and I think Mason's going to be fine. But in the leg strength yesterday department, man, did you watch? Did you watch their kicker? Man, that guy was hitting from all over the field in pre in uh, pregame. I was watching both him and Ma- now Mason was hitting fifty five yarders and fifty yarders. He wasn't hitting it by a ton. I mean, he still had probably seven to ten yards to spare, maybe five, you know. But he was he was he was hitting. He was hitting, and I I was impressed by that. But man, just in uh, in, in watching what what they were doing, <laughs> it was a drastic difference. Just a drastic difference. Kirk Cousins yesterday outperformed Aaron Rodgers, 23 of 32, 277 yards. Rashawn Gary got to him early on in the contest, and that was about it. Uh, Other than that, he wasn't hurried too much. Uh, A couple of touchdowns, both to Justin Jefferson, who I think Justin Jefferson was still catching passes even after he left the stadium last night. Nine catches, 184 yards, a club record. Uh, He averaged 20.4 yards a catch. Had that long one of 64. That didn't even get into the end zone uh, and a couple of touchdowns. And collectively, the Packers threw for 260 yards. Technically 195, but collectively, when you look, look at all the receivers and what they did, 260 total yards. But, but he spread it around. A.J. Dillon was your leading receiver with five catches for 46 yards. I really thought, and I'm going to be, I'm going to raise my hand here and say that I was wrong. I really thought that, uh, I really thought that the the offense would be running much more effectively. It would be dinks and dunks, and they really kind of ran the offense the way it was supposed to be run in the second half of that ballgame, specifically on that scoring drive. You know, a little bit of ground and pound, a couple of quick outs, a little bit more back to the ground and pound. No deep threat. None. They really don't. Christian Watson ends up uh, getting a 25-yard reception. Uh, he had two catches. They should have been three, and the, the first one should have been a touchdown. We all know that. But uh, it, it just uh, not good. Not good. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hopefully you're enjoying the day today and uh, you're kind of recovering just a little bit uh, from what went down yesterday. If you want to chime in, that's the way to do it. You can hit us up over on Twitter as well, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find us there. Uh, I'm broadcasting today a little bit different uh, setting, if you will. I am, uh, if you're watching over on the Bud Light live stream, today we are at WAYY. In Eau Claire at 105.1 Sports Talk Radio. I'm downstairs, kind of in the, the bunker, if you will. Uh, coming back, I'm doing some stuff here in Eau Claire tonight. I'll be in lacrosse tomorrow. Uh, and then tomorrow night, we'll be at Celebrations on the River, the final cigar dinner. And then after that, heading up to Tomahawk, Wisconsin. Going to be up there for a few days. And then back at it for the Green and Gold Postgame Show. Uh, after the evening contest between the Bears and the Packers. Boy, you talk about uh, what a... What a game that was. The the Bears game, holy mackerel. That game was uh, – I love 
Now, I hate the fact that the Bears won. Let me let me point that out, 19-10. to 10. But I love that game where it's just pouring. It's just a mess. And it's just, it's grinded out, man-on-man, pound football. Pound football. And yesterday, Justin Fields just got the best of them. That was, make no mistake about it. I, now, again, I don't think the Bears are going to do anything, okay? But make no mistake about it, that was a big win for the Bears. Eberflus gets his first win as the, as the head coach. They did it in unbelievably inclement conditions. And then they get to celebrate. They, it's, I'll tell you this, cold is nowhere near as cold when you win. Wet is nowhere near as wet when you win. So no matter what went on yesterday, they came away with a victory. Seattle, or, uh, San Francisco, that was a long flight home, a long nasty flight home that was just a that was a that was a that was a stabber you could just tell and Trey Lance didn't look good Uh, obviously they were out without George Kittle yesterday but uh, Trey Lance yesterday 13 of 28 through one pick 164 yards Justin Fields 18 or 8 of 17 nothing to write home about two touchdowns and an interception but Justin Fields 11 carries, 28 yards, scampered for a couple of first downs yesterday. I mean, he he just he's kind of the show, so to speak. He's just kind of the show. But he let him do a win. He let him do a win. And for that, you have to give him a little bit of credit. No doubt. Got a lot of stuff and news and notes going on around the rest of the National Football League, so we'll get into that coming up in a little bit. Matt Mitchell of the Action Network is going to be here. We'll start talking spreads, betting, and everything that went down Yesterday, big news in the world of uh, injuries coming out of the NFL. Uh, Pewaukee's own T.J. Watt, they believe torn pectoral. That's pretty much it for his season. And then the majority of the season lost last night with Dak Prescott again going down with an injury. And last night it was a thumb. He's having surgery this morning to repair the uh, busted-up thumb. And uh, he is then done. They're now saying till the end of October, mid-November, which is pretty much the majority of their season, um, but uh, Dak Prescott, uh, now you would assume if the Cowboys continue to go south, remember when Mike McCarthy lost Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't think they won a game. I don't think they won a game. So we'll see if Mike McCarthy's able to put the backup, if you will, through the quarterback school, Mike McCarthy's quarterback school, and bring in a guy who can come in and do it all. You know, Cooper Rush is now the man, right? And see if Cooper Rush can lead them to victory because if he can't, you got to think that all that talk about the quarterback school. And he had Dak Prescott, who was already established. He got Aaron Rodgers, who Aaron Rodgers has been good with whomever has been coaching the team, whether it's Mike McCarthy or Matt LaFleur. Both quarterbacks have been established. So the question is, what has Mike McCarthy done? How much is more dynamic has the offense become? How much more of a leader has he been? So you got to think that if he doesn't uh, produce with Cooper Rush in some way, shape, or form, and at least keep that team viable, so when Dak does come back, they've got a legitimate shot at getting to the postseason. Then you got to think, yeah, boy, uh, Mike McCarthy's probably on his way out down there in Dallas as well. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy, and then there's the Badgers. There's the Badgers. Yeah, not uh, not great. Uh, we'll get into that. Ben, how you doing today, man? Uh, as good as one could be doing on this Monday. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, in uh, uh, a minute's Cliff Notes version, give me your thoughts on the Wisconsin Badgers. 
I'm not waving the massive panic flag. It was definitely a, a bad bordering on horrible loss. They handed the game away. Penalties uh, in yep. every single big spot from the offensive line, from the tight ends. Obviously, the turnovers, they are incapable of kicking a field goal. The only big things I'm taking away from the game negatively are the fact that special teams are an abject disaster, namely field goal kicking. And the offensive line got worked. And we spent all offseason thinking that Bob Bostad returning to that unit would bring it back to, you know, the glory days of Wisconsin offensive line play. That did not happen. Right. That's a big reason why they lost the game. Graham Mertz looked really good, though. So I'm going to take any positives away. I might focus on that a little more. I, I don't know. We'll see when Big Ten play starts. It was a really bad loss. I think the Washington State team is better than we thought. But it's by no means a Notre Dame losing to Marshall, Nebraska losing to Georgia Southern type of, oh, my God, the program's in shambles right. kind of deal. Yeah, um, I, I got an interesting tidbit uh regarding the wisconsin badgers and it was interesting because there was somebody and i told you this there was somebody that was really close to the program um that i know and uh, we were just kind of casually talking and i just said you know hey uh, you guys get a a, off to a great start uh, you know if the badgers get some wins and then uh, find themselves in a big 10 championship game and that kind of i got the eye roll and i said what you don't think they're they're capable and he said, no, you know, I think they're capable, but the uh, word is that this, this and maybe next year is it. And if there isn't production, then they may make changes. And not that I'm sitting here to, you know, start and spread that rumor, but I, I will say this. When you take a loss like that to Washington State, um, it, th- there's new, a myriad of things that went wrong. But, again, it's how you respond and what you do from here. You take a loss this early in the season, uh, it's not awful especially if you bounce back in a lot of big ways and if you really go and give Ohio State a great showing. Although Ohio State is not – they're not firing on all cylinders right now, I'll tell you that. But uh, – and then especially with that game, how bad does that win, that marginal win over Notre Dame look when Notre Dame gets beat yesterday? Huh, how about Notre Dame? So it was uh, it, it was an interesting conversation, and, and he's much, much, much more tied into the program um than I than I am uh but he just said yeah there's there's starting to be some rumbling about Graham Mertz and about you know Paul Christ and about the offense and about just the overall you know recruiting and it, it was just a, like a myriad of stuff like it just came falling out and I was kind of surprised because this is somebody who's been pretty much a Paul Christ staunch supporter so you just got to wonder uh how long this bitter taste from the Washington State game will linger if they don't bounce back in a big way, in a big way. Let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. We are broadcasting live here at WAYY. We are in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. That's where you can find us. Stick around. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show, and it's all coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Up-tempo style offense, one word plays and just snap it and go. Fake. Pressure steps away, Cousins loading up, blocking it deep. Jefferson, he's got it! Inside the 20, taken down inside the 15. Cousins over the middle, how is he that wide open? Jefferson again, inside the 10, lunging for the end zone! Touchdown! 
you got to give them credit. They, they put them in premier spots and attacked our coverage well. And certainly we had a couple blown coverages as well where we're cutting them loose. And if there's anybody you don't want to cut it loose, it's number 18. Welcome back to the program. Bill Michael Show. We continue on broadcasting live here in Eau Claire. Eau Claire, Wisconsin is where you can find us. And uh, coming up here in a little bit, we're going to have, uh, we got numerous stuff. Matt Mitchell is going to be joining us uh, from the Action Network. We're going to talk about the betting odds and such uh, as uh, this week unfolds. Also, what's going on. And then in addition to that, uh, we've got Eric Branchek coming up. He's going to break down the film from yesterday. Mike Clemens is going to be here. Dan Casper uh, from Sports Talk 105.1 out here in uh, Eau Claire is going to be joining us as well. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, so we got a full action-packed show today. I want to get into phone calls because not uh, not the way the Packers wanted to start out, and there's plenty of blame to go around. There's plenty of finger-pointing that's capable uh, 877-867-1670. Tony listening to us in Rhinelander. Tony, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill. I'm doing good. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Hey, my just my just general comment about yesterday's game is, one, I'm not going to overreact. It's the first game of the year. Big deal. They got whooped. But the body language, that's what bothers me. They showed Rodgers more than a few times sitting on the bench, you know, in between sets, and he just was kind of reclined on the bench with his arms back, just no emotion. It just it looked like he didn't care. That's something we've seen, though, out of him, right? I mean, he's been criticized for that for a long time. If he's fiery, people can criticize him. I mean, I, I, I saw yesterday, I, I kind of kept the binoculars on him quite a bit, and there was at one point he was standing on the sideline, he had the towel around his neck. Sammy Watkins is next to him, kind of tapping him on the on like the outer thigh, the butt, going, "Hey, we got this, no big deal." He didn't even acknowledge him, and I I thought, yeah. well, that's a little weird. This is the guy you've been you've been propping up. Now again, it just could be his nature. It could be, you know, uh, you know, just the way things go on the sideline. I don't watch him every minute of every of every game, but uh, he was clearly upset. You know, when Tom Clements came over and started pointing some things out on that, uh, you know, the Microsoft Surface, and he was pointing at things, and he was pissed off, and that meme of him is going around where he's pointing at two different things and saying what's bad and all that kind of stuff. So he just uh, – yesterday in the postgame presser, he also alluded to the fact that mental preparation – in other words, guys missed assignments. Guys didn't know where they were supposed to be. Guy, now, part of that is, okay, I get it. You're talking about young guys or people playing a p- different position, man that that is is not familiar to them on the other hand isn't that what a leader does you put your guys in position to be successful whether it's Matt LaFleur or Aaron Rodgers you know and I know guys have to learn the route trees got to guys got to learn to understand coverage and such that's going to come with time but this is all this stuff that I've been preaching about saying you can't just have Cobby coach him up you can't you, you got to Build relationships with these guys because look at the difference is you lose Devontae Adams, number one receiver in the National Football League. He goes off to Oakland. We're over to Las Vegas. We all know that. And yesterday you struggled, couldn't move the offense. Tariq Hill, one of the best receivers in, in, in all of football, goes to Miami. Yesterday, Patrick Mahomes throws for five touchdowns. So, I mean, granted, they've got a good football team and they've got a lot of things going for them. Kansas City does. But my point being is he was on the same page with his guys. He was on the same page with a lot of the new people that he was starting to take a look at. Aaron Rodgers struggled, and it just seems like if you don't come up to his standards, 
you things are bad. Well, damn it, sometimes you need to go down and drag everybody else back up the hill with you. You can't point the finger and say, well, Cobby will do it. I'm going to go get my butthole cleaned, and I'll be back when I'm done with it. You can't do that. And 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 that's, the, you know, again, I'm getting all riled up because I don't give a damn about the regular season. It's all about the postseason. I'm sure they'll get there. But I just, there are two different styles. It's worked for Aaron Rodgers. But right now, they need him the most because he does not have the talent around him that he had when he first took over this team. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Yep, no doubt. Man, appreciate it, Tony. Thanks for listening to us at Rhinelander as well. Uh, Ronald says, if you see another bad game against Chicago, his attitude showed yesterday, making him think about opting out of this year. If you would make it a point to uh, spend some quality time with the new guys and maybe develop uh, a a rapport with them, things might be better. Um, Tom says, the drop by Watson, 100% inexcusable. He was a high-round draft pick. He absolutely has to make that catch. He has a number of drops in camp. Shame on management for not adding a proven veteran wide receiver uh jim says also play rogers in the preseason a lot of quarterbacks don't play in the preseason i understand it because there were people pointing that out yesterday well it's not about the preseason the difference is a lot of quarterbacks have weaponry you go let's just take for example you you look at uh, you know what the packers faced okay well kirk cousins isn't playing a whole lot or at all but then again he already had adam thielen he already had justin jefferson right? He had K.J. Osborne. He's familiar with those guys. He had Irv Smith Jr., who they've already elevated after they got rid of Kyle Rudolph. He had Dalvin Cook. He had Alexander Madison. He had these guys. The only thing that changed was Ed Ingram, their second-round draft choice, playing right guard. You know? Christian Derisaw, obviously, coming in and, and, and being healthy this year had bolstered them. You look at a guy, a guy like Ezra Cleveland. Ezra Cleveland's just a junkyard dog, man. You know what you got in him. So to say that, you know, well, Kirk Cousins didn't, and look what he did. But there's a familiarity there. He's got his guys. He's got his number one. He's got his number two. He's got his one running back. He's got all his pieces in place. The Packers, as we all know, your number one is Alan Lazard. And I'm not making fun of Alan Lazard, but he's not Devontae. He's no he's not even the same stratosphere. He's a good route runner. No doubt. And the one ball you threw up just tossed it just for the hell of it that you were relying on your guy to go get it, got picked off. That was when he threw deep down the middle to Randall Cobb. Or really off to the to the left side with Randall Cobb. So I, I I understand a lot of the sentimentality here, um, but but it's 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 just disappointing because the team look unprepared, and ultimately that falls on Matt Lafleur. And I go back to all the excuses made of I don't want to. I don't want to go. I don't want. I don't think I should have to go to camp. I shouldn't have to go to OTAs. I shouldn't have to work with these guys. Cobby will coach him up. I should. We shouldn't be doing joint practices. I don't like that. We 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 shouldn't be playing in preseason. I don't want to do that. I I know it all. Well, I've said it before. I know you do. The guys around you don't. The guys playing different positions around you don't. So anyway. Um, it was a lot of excuse making and as much as we can go back to that we can go back to that and we can say ah here you go 
Now the question is, how does this team move forward? And that's where Matt LaFleur, much like last year, when they came out and low, just laid that craptastic egg, just like last year, they've got their work cut out for them. Um, Brett says, uh, Bill, on that point, Rodgers has not played with the right side of the line in those positions. Newman was a guard last year, and Hanson never played a meaningful snap. That was the other thing. Jake Hanson got his ass handed to him. I mean his ass handed to him. Big time. That was an ugly point of contention yesterday as well. 877-867-1670. Um, I want to welcome in a new audience. And uh, I will tell you, uh, I'll tell you what's going on. Because some of you are going, nope, they screwed you. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Just, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. Hang in there. Hang in there. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program being brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Been around with us for a long, long, long time. They've been a part of the huddle. They've been a part of the Green and Gold postgame show. Uh, 20, and they obviously uh, the key sponsor in our motorcycle ride for, uh, for Fisher House, Wisconsin, military members, veterans, and their families. My God, Bud Light has been with us through it all. We can't say thanks enough to them. And we will have a special watch party coming up in a few weeks as well. And I'll tell you where that's going to be, compliments of our friends at Bud Light also. Stay tuned. We got so much. I'm animated today. I feel good today. I'm out of the house. I'm out of the studio. I'm in a small studio, but I, I like it. It's cozy. It's comfortable. Enjoying myself. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. services, polyurea coating services, all at uh, top quality workmanship, but reasonable prices, uh, different colors, different finishes, even, you know, painting the room that they are doing for you. They do painting as well from Green Bay to Milwaukee to Madison, everywhere in between. Give them a call. 262-443-2852. 262-443-2852. That's my buddy Sean over there who does fantastic work. Again, 262-443-2852. Or go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. That is epoxyflooringdoneright.com. There you have it. Uh, yesterday, uh, this is uh, from Mark who said, uh, when you were watching both kickers, who was kicking farther in warm-ups yesterday? Proof positive that it's time for Mason Crosby to retire. And I was saying that, uh, that you know, Greg Joseph, huge leg. When he kicked that 56-yarder, he made that easily. Now, I was talking about Mason Crosby. And uh, he was kicking uh, pregame. He was kicking pregame, and he was fine. He was 55 yards. Now, he wasn't booming it into the net the way Joseph was. Joseph could have hit probably from 65 had he needed to, especially in those conditions. But Mason Crosby looked pretty good. Looked maybe like, uh, you know, there was a few yards off. And, I mean, the opening kickoff, I couldn't believe they even brought it out of the end zone. That was five yards deep into the end zone. So he did what he was supposed to do, but just in comparison, that's all I'm saying is just in comparison. But I, I, my 
thought is that Mason Crosby is 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 good, and I would assume he's only going to get stronger as the season goes on. So that that was the point of uh, having that discussion early on today. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-1670. Mark says, I loved your video yesterday when the horn was blowing. Yeah, I can't say on the air what I said in the video. you got to go to the Facebook fan page. Facebook or Instagram, one of the two. But if you go to Facebook fan page, just go to facebook.com slash Show, and uh, you can kind of see all the videos and pictures and all that stuff from yesterday. So... Uh, Frosty the Snowman says, hey, don't forget, Packers going to be just fine. Uh, PacFan says, I was on the app. Uh, they are having technical issues there, PacFan, just so you know. Don't be jumping on it and going crazy, okay? They're having – we are well aware of the situation. Thank you. Uh, Thomas says, poor game plan. The Packers didn't look prepared at all. I had said this that – the the comment yesterday continuously after we got off the air was they didn't match the energy. Packers didn't match the energy. Now, granted, Minnesota's at home. It was kind of their Super Bowl. That I'll say this. They put on an unbelievable production. It is stadium wise, it's a it's it's a it's a beautiful stadium. Um as far as work-wise, it's one of the, you know, short of maybe Lambeau Field, it's maybe one of the best working press boxes I've ever been in uh, with all the amenities. It's 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 awesome. And they put together a – I can see now why the Packers want to upgrade the video board because their video board is massive. Their sound system is massive. It is it, – it, it, and their announcer is – Big voice radio guy. I mean, he sounds like a he sounds like a Greek god. Uh, so their production, game day production, is massive. Now, I hate that effing horn. <laughs> I just do, and the guy over there constantly pounding the drums. So I, I get why it's so weird. And I uh, believe me, I'm as irritated with a lot of that stuff as you are. But I give him credit; they put on a, a hell of a production. Now, I say that because they had. All the energy, all the momentum, and that hometown crowd, and that 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 just amped up feeling. And when the Packers come out, they had it. They had it. I mean, it was just you know, they the Packers had the energy. They were out. They were jogging. They were running. You could clearly tell they were energized. And then it was like, whoop, that was it. That opening drive just that it, it just like it it took it out of them. And I'll say this, when the Packers came out, brilliant, brilliant call. First play, Christian Watson, the draft choice that you went up and grabbed, the guy that is going to come in with all the pressure in the world to replace Devontae Adams. He's got the physicality. He has got the speed. He's got the arms. He's got the width of hands. He's got everything, uh, except for the ability to actually catch the football, which was a knock on him coming into the Green Bay Packers organization. And I said at the time, the last thing, that these guys will concentrate on is catching the football. You're trying to learn the route tree. You're trying to learn your moves. You're trying to learn everything the coaches are telling you, where and when to be, right? You're trying to listen to Aaron Rodgers and understand his, you know, idiosyncrasies. You're trying to understand all of that, and then you go out, you get that wide open down the sideline, and it just it falls right through your hands. Uh, it can happen. 
It happened to Devontae. It happened to James Jones. You know, the one guy it never really happened to in his first year was Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson came in with, uh, and I remember interviewing the head coach of K-State at the time, and he said he doesn't drop balls. If they're near him, he doesn't drop balls. His second year, he dropped a few, but not many. But his first year, I don't think he dropped but maybe one. So hopefully Christian Watson goes back to the drawing board, begins to concentrate, and then doesn't drop another ball. But, oh, and that, the opening drive by the Vikings, and then that drop seemed to go, it just, the the air went out. The air went out. And had Christian Watson caught that ball, I think the okay game on mentality becomes very real. And that's when suddenly... The Vikings look and go, oh, wow, uh-oh, doesn't need Devontae. And instead, no, they just they came after Aaron Rodgers big time yesterday, big time. Uh, how are the betting lines in all of this? We'll be talking about when we come back, this portion of the program, brought to you by our friends at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. And uh, trust me, if you got the ED, you know about it. They have a 98% success rate. If you're sluggish, if you're feeling moody, if you're up and down, you can't figure out why, could be low T. Some low T treatments could be in order. And they work. Make you feel better, energized, all that kind of stuff. Better stamina, better mood, more stable. And it helps you to sleep at night, which then kind of parlays itself into the next day. You feel even better. You're more rested. Uh, How about the all-in-one weight loss program? Back on it, doing well, loving it. And uh, they got uh, different plans just for you. If you're starting to look at yourself going, boy, we're heading into the winter months. Holidays are going to be here. I'm going to pack on even more. Nah, baby, nah. Go ahead and call them. 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That's the New Mail Medical Center. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers lose to the Vikings 23-7. Minnesota's Justin Jefferson ran through the Packers' secondary wide open with six catches for 158 yards and two touchdowns in just the first half. One, a 36-yard touchdown pass from Kirk Cousins, Packers defensive back Jair Alexander. Just miscommunication on that over route that he scored. Like, I should have stayed on him. I was expecting cut help and didn't get it and shouldn't have expected it, so... You know, I should have stayed on him on that one over, but, you know, we got to tackle and get him down. Was that zone? Zone, yeah, it was zone, yeah. On offense, the Packers had a 10-play, 80-yard drive that ended after being stuffed at the one-yard line on fourth and goal. Later, A.J. Dillon was able to score with a run to the left side. Two different play calls, two different blocking schemes. Um, like I said before, I, the first one that we didn't get, I didn't get a chance to go back and watch the film yet, obviously. You know, I feel like I could have maybe, you know, kept my legs moving a little bit more. The Packers held at just seven points. Head coach Matt LaFleur. That starts with me. You definitely have to have a better plan for our team. And, you know, we knew going into this game that stopping their lead dogs really offensively and defensively were going to be an important part of it. And certainly we, we didn't get that done. The Vikings went after Aaron Rodgers. Four sacks, one forced fumble, and an interception under pressure. Vikings linebackers Adarius Smith talked about a face-to-face exchange he had with Rodgers who tried to block him on an end run to Romeo Dobbs. It only picked up a few yards. You know what? I was telling him he's not a blocker. Stay, be a quarterback. That's that's what you want. Um, he tried to block me. I think it was a reverse. 
Yeah, on the reverse, man, and I got a good chance to get a lick on him. But it's all good, man. It's still football. We're just having fun with it, man. As Vikings linebacker Zadarius Smith from U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. You can play for some gold. Everybody is a winner when uh, somebody wins at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. you got to go see the uh, casino app for details. Uh, go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. Joining us now from the Action Network, uh, Matt Mitchell. So, Matt, yesterday, boy, a little bit of topsy-turvy, wasn't it? Oh, it was insanity, but it's wonderful to be back in the throes of an NFL season. So yesterday, give me the biggest game that maybe surprised you. Was it the Bears winning over the 49ers, or was it the tie between the Colts and the Texans? I think the the Bears game became less surprising when it was clear, as it was to everyone here on, on the shores of Lake Michigan, that it was going to just be a, a disgusting weather day. And that, of course, is, is a great equalizer when it comes to, to betting. It makes good teams less good. It makes bad teams appear a little bit more pedestrian. The, uh, the Houston-Indianapolis tie means we have to dust off a tie column in the standings for an entire season, which is a bummer. But I think from, right. a, from a pure shocking standpoint, I think I was most surprised that uh, Dallas is truly as horrendous as they were rumored to be coming into the season. Uh, well, uh, let's start there. Now, how much do the lines change moving forward with Dak Prescott now being out? Yeah, they're going to move in a significant way. We have some sports folks already paying out uh, customers for their Dallas season win total unders as an act of good faith. Uh, it is it's a disaster. <laughs> it's just a disaster in Dallas right now. Uh, looking at them, they're, they're, the Bengals are visiting them next week. They're almost a touchdown underdog. Definitely a reflection of the lowly uh, Cooper Rush taking over a quarterback. Their ship is totally sunk. Well, yesterday, speaking of that, uh, Cincinnati, four picks by Joe Burrow, which was un- unexpected, and then their kicker missed the field goal uh, and or the extra point and gets it blocked. I mean, special teams played into this. Uh, obviously, Joe Burrow played into this. But Pittsburgh, on a seven-point spread, go in, goes in and gets a win in Cincinnati. That was a little bit of – and then, obviously, losing T.J. Watt along the way. That's another kind of game-changer, right? Oh, enormous. What a wild game that was. As someone on our, our podcast, the Action Network podcast, said uh, last night, uh, Joe Burrow was giving away interceptions like uh, Oprah giving away cars. Everyone gets an interception. You get an interception. You get an interception, which is just you know very atypical for someone like that. The insanity of those last four field goal and extra point attempts in that game was, uh, you know, it's why we love the NFL. It's nice to be back, but mm-hmm. I was I was not surprised Pittsburgh covered. I was surprised though that they got the outright win. Then the other one, uh, the Giants. Giants, a little bit of a shocker. Giants knock off Tennessee. Tennessee had opportunities to win that game, but when you get Saquon Barkley out rushing Derrick Henry. 
Uh, boy, I tell you what, that was uh, that was rather interesting because Saquon Bartley almost doubled. Well, actually, I think he did double him up, if I'm not mistaken, listening this morning with 164 yards over what it was it like 80, 82, I think, for Derrick Henry. Boy, you talk about an over and under there. Yeah, uh, Brian Devil comes over from Buffalo, and you know he he laid his cards on the table there, going for the win. It was a real tone setter for the season. Getting the the outright win as two to one underdogs. Uh, just an incredibly uh, impressive and gutsy performance from that team on the road. And Daniel Jones continues his dominance as a road underdog. He's surprisingly one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the uh, in the league covering on the road. Talking with Matt Mitchell of the Action Network, two other games that were rather intriguing and close was the the Saints on the road getting a one-point victory over the Falcons, uh, which, uh, you know, this is a team, the Saints, that a lot of people are saying, hey, this could be a Super Bowl-bound team. They've got all the weaponry, but, boy, they just hung on to survive. And then the Browns getting a win on the road against Baker Mayfield, 26-24. They got a win as well. And talk a little bit about those games. Boy, I had a lot of money on those Cleveland Browns and watching them just melt down toward the end of that game against right. a pretty inept Carolina offense. And then Cade York, who's been who's been uh, cashing tickets for me since he was at LSU, he kicks that 59-yarder that would have been good. Looks like it would have been good from 85. He, he kicked that one from South Carolina, and it went through the uprights. Right. I was so impressed that they, the game was predicted to be a toss-up. And that's exactly what we got. But I, I think uh, Cleveland, you know, isn't exactly America's sweethearts right now. They'll be limping along until Deshaun Watson, you know, returns. But a good win for, right. for Carolina trying to put their team on the right track. Give me your thoughts on tonight's contest. Broncos on the road, the return of uh, uh, Russell Wilson back into Seattle. So Seattle is, they opened as a four and a half point underdog in May. That's moved all the way to a touchdown as it stands right now, which is a significant move. Seattle is the least popular Monday night football bet since 2016. Uh, they, they are just, uh, you know, they're starting two rookie tackles on the offensive line the first time, uh, the third time since the NFL merger in 1970. A team has opened a season that way. I think it could get dark early for Seattle. I'm going to skip that side entirely. You know, under seems like the play, under is already um, hit in 10 of the first 15 games in week one. I think we could see another slot fest here. Two things, real quick. One, the Badgers. Are we still? Uh, are we adjusting our win total for the Badgers? Tell your boy Ben Kenny that you're just allowed in America to spend your money on anything you want. You can buy sneakers and houses and you know and trampolines. And he wants to spend his money on Graham Mertz as a favorite. Poor guy. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't he's just out to see right now. They are uh, 37 and a half point underdogs to, or uh, favorites against New Mexico State. They look so shaky against Illinois State at times. I don't know if you back them until they can prove they are uh, ready no, for prime. I'm taking the under. Yeah, I'm taking the yeah, under. There's yeah, no way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, buddy. We're running out of time. I appreciate it as always. We'll talk again on Friday and uh, give all the spreads for the upcoming games this weekend, okay? Thanks. Thanks, Bill. Good luck. Thanks, Matt. There you go. Matt Mitchell, the Action Network. O-O-L. Oh, boy, Uncle Mitch over on Twitter. You can hit him up there. We got a lot left to go. Stay tuned. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, going to break down all the game film. Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette is going to be joining us. We're also going to hear from Dan Casper coming up this hour, I believe, as well. From out here, WAYY, Sports Talk 105.1 in Eau Claire. we got a lot more to get to. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.